0: All right, welcome to old school, Jank Uger. And today joining me Dave Kohler and Waz Lombard. All right. Dave and Waz, we'll see you guys. Uh, Waz, excellent background. Um, uh, <laughs> what a nice apartment you have. Um, we were kidding around about Waz's fake background <laughs> before. It's like the most normal-looking apartment. Has <laughs> a fake background. I love it. But they it's had an apartment a in
1: Park Slope, Brooklyn. I'm a, I'm a soccer mom. From Park Slope.
0: <laughs> but the hat is real. You can get that at shoptyt.com, obviously, one of the sponsors of this great program, as well as uh, Too Strong Coffee. Uh, you can get that at Too Strong slash TYT. Okay. Uh, so let's get started uh, with Nonsense, uh, as usual. So uh, later we're going to get the cars. Um, are either of you, Dave's not a car expert, Was are you car, uh, into cars no, at all? No. Oh, that's gonna go disastrously. So you guys are gonna-
2: have <laughs> all, okay. Sometimes yes. those are the best segments though.
0: That's true. Uh, uh, but we're gonna start with something else that you guys also might have no uh, insight into. Um, are either of you uh, Marvel fans uh, following the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I that's can't, a, I
1: can't. No, no.
0: I'd, rather,
2: I'd stick to cars.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm fun. I'm vaguely aware of its existence and how popular it is and how dedicated people are to following it. But I think I asked somebody, you know, because the universe is all interconnected. All the movies introduce the next one, etc. And I was like, since I haven't been involved, like, how many movies are we up to now? And they said it was something like. 24 movies in 68 hours, and I was just like, That's it's a non starter, it's just not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> it, look, it's both better and worse than that. Uh, it's worse <laughs> than that in that if you watched all of it, which I have, I think I watched every minute of the MCU now, uh, because I got young kids, so my son's uh turning 12 tomorrow, uh, my uh daughter's nine, so we've been watching it together for a couple of years, and uh. And the reality is that when you watch the super complicated ones like Wandavision and Loki, especially Loki, uh, you need explainer videos on YouTube to explain to you what you just watched. And so, and then they they there's so many cross references to the other movies and the other series. So I don't blame you. I get it. If I was in your shoes, I'd be like, listen, man, that's like a lifelong commitment. I I don't know if I'm ready to make that kind of commitment, um, but uh, but at the same time, uh, I'm here to report it. it's actually some of the smartest stuff on TV and in the movies. And it's kind of why, uh, it's the same reason I like Star Trek The Next Generation. Not because like, oh, cool, they're in space, right? But because <laughs> it talked about current day issues, but in within that context, it was done in a really smart way. So I, I actually hated action movies, generally speaking. Uh, and they got me into action movies because they made them smart. So, but the reason I brought it up in this context, wait, Dave, did you want to say something?
2: Well, I have things to say about it. But as long as we don't run out of this subject, you can keep going, but come back. To no, no, mind. go ahead, go ahead. This is well, point. so I don't watch the marvels, but daughter who's older than yours. I watched a different series recently an animated 10 part series called Arcane. It's based on the League of Legends. I watched it one episode to just to spend time with her. It turns out it was friggin awesome. I loved it. All ten episodes, and like you say, it was deep. It was meaningful. It was profound. It had implications for current society. It was. Inc- it was also. I learned you had to watch YouTube videos to get more out of it. Uh, Explainer videos. It cost like two hundred million dollars to make for ten episodes. Uh, it's a Netflix thing, and it's now up for uh, you know Emmys and all that. So uh, I, I hear what you're saying, even though it's not Marvel. Okay, it,
0: well, now you got me into that. So that's a nice plug for it. So it's on Netflix and it's called yeah, Arcane. It's called Arcane, singular. Arcane. Okay, yeah, all right, uh, so, so I might do that. Um, but these days, you, know, you said 200 million and I raised my eyebrow. But when you said uh, that it was 10 episodes, I was like, oh yeah, actually, that might actually be relatively cheap. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so, I like anything that's smart. So, and and if my kids are going to be into it, maybe we'll check that out in a couple of years, uh, depending on you know what age they're going for. You know, I it's appropriate that I wind up being a Marvel fan because I've told the story before on old school, maybe even twice. But I was, but I'm I'm sure Waz hasn't heard. I think Waz hasn't heard it. I was at the the genesis of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was right there when it got created. Um, just super coincidentally, and it's about and it was because of a guy that we were talking about off air right before we started, Mark Thompson, who's also often on this show. Um, and uh, and I was at a poker game at Mark's house. Jesus, I, now it's depressing how long ago, if, you know, in the ballpark of fifteen years, whenever a, a iron a year mm-hmm. before Iron Man came out and and uh, John Favreau is the director of Iron Man, and he's happy in the series, right? And the entire universe uh, he's one of the characters one of the actors but but mainly most importantly he was the director of the first movie um and uh, and he told us he said I'm redoing iron man i was like i never even heard of iron man i was like <laughs> i was like all right listen man i mean swingers was good so you know <laughs> i action movies i don't know if that's the genre that makes sense for john i say john like i don't know him well i played poker with him twice that's all right uh, but but I'm like, okay, I have added Haas and nobody's ever heard of Iron Man, so good luck. Right. Is what I was thinking in my head. I wasn't a dick. I didn't say it to him uh, to his face. And I joked around about how, oh, you should make Iron Man Muslim. And and then he got like slightly offended. Uh, <laughs> he, thought I was, he thought I was pitching myself. I'm like, I'm I'm not an actor, I'm just kidding. Just move on. Okay. <laughs> and and I'm doing the fast version because I've told this story before. And then he said that uh, he had, the next time we played with him, he's like, Oh, I got the perfect casting for uh, this action hero. And we're like, Oh, cool. Who is it? It's like Robert Downey Jr. I'm like, oh, This is going to be a disaster.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the show, on, on the Young Turks, I love to brag about what I get right. Like hashtag Jake was right, right? I even created that obnoxious hashtag. Um, so, but my God, was hashtag Jake was wrong about the MCU and Iron Man? So Favreau was hundred percent right. Uh, iron, he did, and partly because he did such a great job with it, right, to bring it back, and and casting Robert Downey Jr. turned out to be genius. I've never been more wrong in my life. So, um, so that's the fun part. But the reason I brought it up in this context is because. Um, the, there's a the concept of the multiverse in the MCU. Um, I, that's silly that the mul- the multiverse does, in my opinion, does not exist in in the real world. Um, and uh, if you don't know what the multiverse is, do you guys, okay?
1: I, I have an idea what the multiverse is. It's like there's four, five, six different Wazes and other universes doing different things. All at the same time. And yeah, which allows them to, you know, to have some freedom with the movies and not have to be so strictly um, disciplined with the timelines and stuff like that. I'm, I'm familiar enough with this stuff. Um, and it's hard to be as online as I am um, on a daily basis to not run into these concepts and these discussions, even though I'm not part of it. I see it out there on the internet, the greater internet at large.
0: Yeah,
2: so Dave, have you heard of the multiverse? Heard
1: of it and
2: I assume it just means what was says multiple universes, but I don't know (laughs) anything about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now I believe uh, quantum physics says that it might be possible, not that it exists, Mm. but that it might be possible. Um, so, have you heard anything about that, Dave?
2: Yeah, sure. that You can have different states of mass simultaneously uh, of some whatever particle. Yeah, there's theoretical physics around that, sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so the the reason why I you know hate to burst everybody's bubble, uh, but and. And I'm sure the people at the MCU will be broken hearted over because once I say this on old school, it'll instantly collapse the multiverse and they'll, they won't know <laughs> what to do. Uh, but the idea is that there are several different or, or in an infinite number of universes at the same time, right? With an infinite number of um, possibilities, but you don't diverge. It's not like hey Waz, you made the decision to be on old school tonight. So this is that was and and the one that this ha- had a family emergency and couldn't come on old school tonight is a different like a universe splits at that point and becomes a different universe. no the universe has to start in the beginning and go all the way to now and there's and they claim that there's I mean they claim nobody actually claims this but um, <laughs> that there's enough universes that another was will get created but slightly differently right? And then there'll be an infinite number of those. You have any idea how impossible it is for a one was to be created? Like everything that had to happen to get to you, yeah, was right. Know.
1: Like it's we sad, talking- I know, but yeah, it's a tragedy. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of things had to come together. Even the wizard of
0: was can't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, like, for we're talking about it with my kids, me and Wendy met in front of a bathroom, my wife, at a club. And that's, I think, because either Dave was in the bathroom or he was busy making out with another girl. And (laughs) so that delayed us long enough for me to meet Wendy, who I never would have met otherwise. We were 100% different circles. Those circles do not intersect, except for that brief. Four minute window, okay, and that's only because of Dave and, and another friend, Steve, uh, taking longer than expected. And so, the idea that there would be an infinite number of universes where I get created, which is already very unlikely, uh, and Wendy gets created, and we run into each other in that four minute window, and then the kids make all these different. And then, by the way, I mean like this is an uncomfortable topic, so it's maybe good for old school. Um, I feel like somebody's going to take this out of context, so when I pause, you know I'm about to say something. Uh oh, right? <laughs> but if you think about the sex act, <laughs> it had to be like a different thrust, a different second, <laughs> and you get a completely different person. You get a completely different person if you held out for another nano second, let alone another minute, or if you. Like to reach the conclusion a minute earlier, a second earlier. It's a totally
1: different person. Isn't that amazing? So (laughs) yeah, definitely. That's why they call it the miracle of life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because then another soldier is gonna swim faster and he's gonna get there (laughs) instead of the other fella, right? (laughs) I mean, it is miracle on top of miracle, it really is. Okay, so now. All of that was in service of not really talking about MCU or multiverse, but talking about the alternate realities that do exist on Earth, right? So today we're now we we'll go back to politics. Um, Leon Cooperman, we did a story about him. He's the rich billionaire that goes on TV and cries all the time. And he's like, oh my God, Obama and Biden took all my money. I mean, they didn't. I tripled my money, I quadrupled my money. But you know, they might have cost me an extra $15, right? <laughs> And so um, he lives in a reality where the biggest victims in America are billionaires. That's and he's not lying. That's he really believes that. He, with all of his heart, he and mind believes that. And by the way, that's the reality that is Washington. Like in Washington, when he says Biden and Obama have been too tough on the right and too tough on the rich. I if you polled people that live in Washington DC not real people but the people involved in politics I bet you over 70% would agree that Obama and Biden were too tough on the rich and and is now, that course,
1: rhetorically or like so like you know materially <laughs> like, So first of are all of course,
0: about? So was as you know neither is true right <laughs> yeah Everybody. and that's what I'm saying like what Right, but no, I bet you if you asked people who work in politics, whether it's in, in politics itself or covering politics in news, I obviously I'm guessing and we'll never, probably never know. But I think over 70% would say that Obama and Biden were too tough on the rich. And I don't think they'd make a distinction. Uh, they would say not only rhetorically, but, but as a matter of action. When we know that factually, that's of course not true. O, Obama and Biden made the Bush tax cuts permanent, which Bush couldn't even do for the rich. And uh, over 80% of those tax cuts went to the top 1%. Uh, and and Obama and Biden made 90% of those permanent. So no, they Obama and Biden were incredible helpers of the wealthy and of corporations. Uh, so, but they live in that reality and they control the country, right? Then you've got right wingers who believe in a reality where all the scientists are idiots. Uh, They just get together and they make up stuff like scientists from India, Botswana and Brazil and America get together and they're like, what did Bill Gates and Fauci and Tom Hanks tell us? Oh, Covid, well, let's make that up and then let's make up the the mass work. Well, let's make up the vaccines work and let's just, oh, while we're at it, we were all together. Let's all make up that the temperature is rising on the planet. Let's make up that there's this thing called evolution. So in their world, that's all I mean, Again, today on the show. Okay, then there's a reality where there's a drag race happening <laughs> next to one of our houses. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, today uh, Herschel Walker, uh, we were playing old, uh, old clips of him as in like from a couple of weeks ago. We played a clip from today too. But he said, "Well, if there's evolution, and we came from monkeys, how come the monkeys are still here?" And <laughs> the right winger that was on with him was like, "Oh my God, that's so smart." He's like, "You might be too smart for us." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's that reality. Like, but you know, like we shouldn't be too self proud. I mean, our Democrats live in a completely different reality. So, how's anybody know, supposed to know
2: which was the real reality? Yeah, well, look, you're being this is classic Jenk stuff, and you're right. And yet, yeah, they don't actually live in a different reality, they perceive a different reality, they understand facts differently, they reject facts. So, to an objective observer, whoever that is, maybe you're the objective observer, Cenk, they live in the same world you do, they're just uh creating a different story in their head. Do they?
0: Okay, so look, let's take an extreme example, although everything is <laughs> extreme. Uh, so the Aztecs believed that if you sacrificed human beings to the gods that you would curry favor, but they're not alone. Uh, Vikings believe the same thing, the Mayans did, many cultures did, right? So they, if you came to them, Dave, and you said anything that's true today,
1: it's a <laughs> Look at this lunatic! <laughs> he thinks that the gods don't
0: care about human sacrifice, ah! and they would all laugh, all of them, one hundred percent of them. They would have thought you're the craziest guy, and you'd be like, "No, no, no, we live in the same reality." They'd be like, "No, we don't." Um, so, you know, I hear what you're saying. Of course, there's a physical reality, right? But. And when it comes to I was just having this conversation yesterday with another friend two plus two uh, equals four is you can't argue with it it just is that's not a matter of perception right um, but human interactions and human thoughts perception is reality right that's that's right. not just a saying it is they really in their minds they absolutely positively believe it um, here, I'll give you another example that might be more edifying, and I forget if I did this on another episode too. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, Wendy had watched a movie uh, where um, this uh, this husband goes missing, and the wife is convinced that he's sleeping with his assistant or something like that, and uh, and she's super mad at him. And they look, look, they can't find him, and eventually they give up. And she lives for uh, decades, I think, if if I remember her. Telling of the story of the movie, anyways, and and she thinks that her husband cheated on her and is super bitter about it the entire time, and tells the kids, and the kids believe it to some extent large extent, and then they find the husband he'd fallen off a cliff, and he had never cheated on her, but for those let's call it 20 years, for those 20 years, that was her reality that her husband cheated on her and ran away with his secretary, okay. That was her reality, you, you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I think what you're describing though, Chank, um, about those people in DC. I think it's just a bunch of people who just have their own heads stuck up their own asses so far that they don't see or notice literally anything else. Um, it's hard for them to think about somebody who works at McDonald's. They don't know anybody like that. They don't know any normal people. They just know their DC friends and they know the really rich and powerful people whose boots they want to lick to curry favor to get nice jobs, right? Um, And that's their reality. You're right. Like they don't know anybody else. They don't care to know about anything else because they don't have to. Um, Their life revolves around, that culture over there in DC. And so they can, you know, pretend that Barack Obama was somehow tough on the Wall Street people who got him elected. Okay. <laughs> those those Wall Street bankers who he was deep in with the Rubens and all of those other people from the very beginning. The idea that he was running around spanking those people and being mean to them when they were his benefactors from the start, every freaking turn. It's like Larry Summers, come on down. You know, it's like every freaking um just greedy ass Wall Street person he could find. Um, Geithner, come on down. Those are the people who Barry surrounded himself with. And the idea that he was the like, how does that make any sense? That his buddies, like the amount of money this guy raised on Wall Street for his can for both of his campaigns. Okay. Like this idea that this guy was, you know, had them in a chokehold, it's just you just gotta be a DC idiot to think that. Like it it just goes against everything we know about how politics in our country works. You don't get supported by Big farmer, like I don't know, Jim Clyburn, and then turn around and start doing stuff to poke those people in the eye. You know, like that's not how this works. I, like, where are the examples? Like, again, there might be people who are neutral to whatever your cause is, and you might be able to do something that hurt them. In no cases do people go against the very people who are responsible for them amassing power. It never happens.
0: So, so there's two things that come out of what you said, was. One is um, you call them idiots, and I often do the same thing, right? But they can't all be unintelligent, right? So they, they, they've gotten themselves to believe it because it's convenient for them to believe it, right? So nobody who's a Democratic consultant is going to tell you the Democratic Party is corrupt. We take campaign donations, we spend it on me, uh, (laughs) and it's a terrible idea. And it's corrupted the party and we're not the working uh, people's party anymore because of the money that's funneled to my pockets, right? So they're not gonna do that, we get it. The reporters, God help them, Jesus, they are lost. They are totally, utterly lost. Uh, but, But they all believe with great certainty that they are right. And we believe with great certainty that we are right. Uh, and I don't think Clyburn is unintelligent, uh, I don't think we're unintelligent. Um, I don't think Mitch McConnell's unintelligent. Well, Mitch McConnell probably knows exactly what the reality is to be fair. But I think Mitch knows it probably better than anybody. Uh, but so then that leads to the question of are we sure we're the right ones? Because there's so many factions and they're absolutely Positively convinced that they're the correct ones. I mean, if you just break it into at least three factions the right wing, the establishment, and progressives, right? That's your main three factions in America. So all three factions believe that
2: they're right. How do we know we're the right ones? Well, of course, you don't. And as an intelligent person, you should be open to the possibility that you're wrong at times (laughs) Uh, and read some alternatives and now we're talking about what to do with TYT i, I would like to get those uh, voices more into the sh- into the network uh, but that you know that's programming discussion for another day but uh, uh yeah we don't know for sure that we're right on everything and sometimes your perception or your opinion on something could change i mean you know that better than anybody
0: yeah well i mean look dave puts out one factor there uh, which is Are you open to different opinions? Are you open to changing your mind? Right? Because that gives you an indication of whether you're a doctrinarian or you're actually looking at facts, and facts can move you, right? And facts have moved me countless times uh, in in my life. You you know, I'll give a common example that I use. Um, Debated Mary Cuomo for an hour on the death penalty uh, back in 2004. Uh, And then, you know, he, he, uh, we had a lot of different arguments, a lot of which I still stick by. Uh, but the one that was persuasive many years later to me was he said that you know, and as all of the advocates said back then, uh, that yeah, but you could kill innocent people, and I was like, yeah, you maybe you could, but I don't know that we do. And then the Innocence Project came out, and it turns out, yeah, we do. Uh, we exonerated dozens of people. Forget if it's in the hundreds, I think it might be in the hundreds that we were going to execute. We were going to kill them and they were definitely innocent. And then at that point I was like, well, I instantly changed my mind on the death penalty and I'm against it because I don't want to kill innocent people. That's obvious. So I guess you could notch one for our side because we're open to changing our opinion uh, and And I don't see Clyburn or Trump changing their opinion much.
2: But but take uh, something more recent Build Back Better and the other big, huge Biden spending bill, early 2021. Uh, So we have the Larry Summers people saying these are going to cause inflation. And you have TYT style lefties saying, ah, it's nonsense. And now it might. We did pass one of those big spending bills and there was inflation Was Larry Summers right or wrong. I I don't think he was that right. The inflation as we know the causes are there's multiple causes, It's not just that one spending bill, but a lot of people on the left changed their mind about the spending bills and and started to think well, maybe we do have to be more careful about spending these gobbledled smack large sums of money. Yeah, but
0: see that gets to point number two, facts matter, right? So and a lot of times with establishment folks, whether they're politicians or in the media, I find their reasoning and their so called facts to be incredibly shallow, right? So any intelligent person would say, obviously there's tons of factors that go into inflation. And so would I consider that bill as contributing to it? Sure, of course I would consider it, it'd be crazy not to consider it. Um, But to the Larry Summers of the world, I would say, how about the trillions we printed and gave to the banks?
1: Wouldn't that- No, that doesn't have an effect on the economy. No, (laughs) whenever you help the ultra rich, nothing bad can ever come of it that's that's the philosophy of these guys every time the financial sector can never like that nothing bad can ever come out of what the people in the financial sector are doing that's why they should never be regulated that's why they should leave be left alone they're the masters of the universe we're all just you know the miserable plebes at the bottom who don't understand their financial wizardry and their widgets and so no Larry Summers would never consider concede that something bad could come out of pouring trillions and trillions of dollars literally into the bond market right um so that these guys could just continue to to operate their freaking casino he would never like that would never come out of his mind the people who should bear the brunt of you know the problems of inflation are normal working people that's why we should recess the economy and make normal people feel the pain because you know, I don't know. Maybe we're like, which one is the the pain one? Is it sadist or masochist? I can never um get it right.
0: The sadists want the
1: pain. Okay, yeah. No, no want, to p- want to give okay, the pain. Want to
0: give the pain. Okay,
1: the, the normal people are masochists. Want. We just want, we just want more and more pain. <laughs> <Cenk>. <laughs> and Wall Street people and you know obviously CEOs, they could never feel any of the burdens of the problems in our society. And I want to go back to something you said about the three factions. I actually think progressives and right wingers agree on um, a few things and that's, there are obvious problems um, th- and they are problems. Uh, I, I think right wingers have a slightly skewed and messed up idea of how those problems were caused and who's to blame and how we should fix it. But I don't think anybody sees the condition of America's working um, situation, right? Situation for working people who's progressive or right wing and think, wow, this thing is working like a well oiled machine. It's great. And the establishment certainly thinks that 100%. They think the status quo is great and we should continue to operate with minor tweaks. You know, let's throw some DEI in there, get some black folks to be on the Goldman board. You know, let's, <laughs> let's get some black folks on the board at Raytheon. Let's get some brown people at the CIA to drop drones on people anyway. And it'll be way better after we do that. But fundamentally, they see the system as it's operating as going, wow, perfect period, or else they would do something different. They're the ones with all the power, all the money, they set the agenda and they keep us going on the same exact path because they obviously like it. Um, And I think progressive people and even some of the craziest right wingers um, can agree that like there's some messed up stuff going on in our country. Well, so I was getting at this
0: conversation because I'm fascinated by different perspectives, but uh, but now you've taken it in a really interesting political direction in that, because uh, I was gonna go to religion next. I wasn't trying to get on politics, but but that's a great question. Is the establishment crazier than MAGA? Um, and so because you was is right, MAGA acknowledges that, that it's really crappy out there for the average American, right? Uh, and, and progressives acknowledge that the establishment doesn't establishment says everything is great. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, And the answer is more of the same status quo is wonderful. Uh, Outsiders are radicals, change is radical, don't be uncivil. Uh, And yeah, I think there's an argument that that is crazier than even MAGA. Uh, But that is like that is a very offensive idea to (laughs) Honestly, the smartest people in the country, because the smartest people in the country, generally speaking, let's that's the smartest. Let's say the most educated, the most educated people in the country, uh, read New York Times, watch CNN, listen to NPR, and they, in my opinion, they have been brainwashed into a reality that does not exist at all. But they're absolutely certain of it. And if you told them they're cra- crazier than MAGA, they say, oh no, this it was is this. Single craziest, dumbest person I've ever met in my life. There's no way that's true. Um, so, what, what do you think? Are, are they
2: crazier than MAGA? You might have a point. They're not as hateful as MAGA, which is important. That's right. Whether they're crazier or not, I think about that. I mean, you have a good point.
1: But see, I don't know that it's crazy. If things are going just fine for you personally, um I can I can understand how a rational person would be like what's so bad about this? I mean I got great grades, scored great, went to Stanford and Berkeley or wherever and you know I got this great job at Pinterest and it's great. Like I mean we need to like stop letting these icky homeless people just hang out and congregate in you know in San Francisco and freaking Hollywood. But aside from that, it's great. How could you not think that if you are one of these NPR, New York Times loving, you know, um, elites, essentially, uh, yeah, everything is going great. If we could just get a few more of these bums to figure out how to get into the Ivies, you know, and sprinkle in some trans and just, you know, just get a few more of them to be a part of our little club. Look, these are just you know. So there's winners and losers, Jank. Like not everybody gets to be part of this club, and and I'm and I don't think they have a problem with the underlying inequality because they see themselves as having quote unquote earned their spot in the elite, you know. Um, and so I, I don't even I wouldn't call them crazy. I just think they're. I just think they're very deluded. I do. Yeah, well, that gets back to our
0: perspective point, right? So, um, I, for example, um, 99% of people born Hindu believe that coincidentally Hinduism is correct. That's the one religion that's <laughs> correct. 99% of Muslims who were born Muslim think that Islam is correct. It's a they it caught a lucky break on that one. 99% of Christians think the same, maybe not 99% of Jews. But uh, <laughs> because, by the way, though there's a real reason for that, because there's a question, there's a culture of questioning uh, in Judaism, uh, and so that creates a situation where they question their perspective a little bit more, and honestly, that and hence have a better chance of being right. And so, the less you question your the the culture that you were born into, the less likely you are to be correct. Uh, so. But it never occurs to the overwhelming majority of pick any of those religions. Let's say Islam cuz I'm was born Muslim. It never occurs to the overwhelming majority of Muslims that maybe Islam isn't right. Like that maybe they got the wrong religion, um, even if religion is correct. Isn't it amazing that it doesn't occur to them? Isn't it amazing like you almost like for if you live in our circle you're thinking no of course it would curse them Jenk I had a conversation in my freshman year hall with a guy who was Muslim and we had a conversation you did get left Islam I know so many people who question it no no you know generally us folks we know really educated folks right and people that are in different multicultural situations where they can see other people and they can see their perspective but most of us go through life um, Without ever thinking, maybe everything we know is totally wrong, or maybe if not everything, a lot of what we know is totally wrong. And so those educated folks that list, uh, read the New York Times, the New York Times has told them their entire life that money in politics doesn't matter, that uh, politicians are not at all affected by millions of dollars that they receive in campaign donations. But you have to be a lunatic to believe that. I mean that that's as crazy as. Anything MAGA's ever come up. Right? Um, So, yet every, see, I almost wanted to call them idiots. I know they're not idiots, but I wanted to say every idiot who works at the New York Times thinks no, politicians are angels. They're not at all affected by money. Well, maybe some Republicans are, but Nancy Pelosi would never be affected by money. It's sacrilege to think. I mean, that's just nuts. Yeah, have no idea that their really well-educated ass is
2: nuts. Having thought about it a little bit and heard Waz's reaction, uh, crazy. I don't think is the right word. If you're a mainstream DC political person and you think the country's doing fine, uh, you call that crazy. No, they're just deluded. They don't. They they understand that the country's not doing fine, but they think, but we're working on that. Just be patient. We're doing policies to help. It's just going to take a long time. I, I don't think they're crazy. The MAGA people who believe that there's child sex scandals in a pizza parlor or whatever—that's kind of crazy. So crazy is not the right word. I'm I'm rejecting your word crazy. They're definitely deluded. They're wrong. Their perspective is off. They're ignorant about the real conditions in the country and about their effect on them. It's not crazy. Well, it
0: depends on your definition of crazy, isn't it? Because if you say detached from reality, uh, okay, that's fair. That's a good definition of crazy. But on the other hand, we're going to eliminate like 80% of humanity right out of the gate. Okay. (laughs) Because I think at least around 80% believe in organized religion. And that has approximately 0% chance of being true. Uh, And sorry to offend a huge percentage of you listening. And I, Say it every time. I love you if you're religious and you're doing the right things in the world. But there is no chance that there's an invisible man in the sky who is just like Homo sapiens and went through the same evolution to get to the same exact feelings, emotions, et cetera, that humans have and get jealous of us and love us and care about us. That is approximately a 0% chance. And so. What we're basically saying is humans are built to get deluded. We're not supposed to see reality. In a sense, we're almost supposed to be detached from reality.
2: How do you like All that? All true, but but if you believe in some religion and you're surrounded by a community where everyone else also believes it, it's not that crazy. However, if you have a true mental disease, you believe everyone's out to get you, and and, and you can't go out of your house, and you. Run away from people, and you hide, and you can't function in society. Well, you're ill, but that's closer to being crazy because because you're a loner in that sense. I mean, you're you're unable to function. But the, the the religious person who's in a religious community is functioning very well in in his or her society.
1: Yeah, you know? and I think and I think their experiences do like validate their experience, right? Like so. If somebody tells you, nice, you know, elite lib, or even if you're slightly conservative, whatever, but you're, you know, very proximate to the establishment of this country, um, and somebody tells you that Shang-Chi, because we talked about Marvel before, is gonna make China it's gonna make the lives of so many Chinese people, Korean people, it's just gonna make their lives better. And, you know, when Let's just call this hypothetical. Megan goes to work and talks to one of their Korean co workers. It's like, yeah, you know, it would have been nice when I was growing up to have a Shang-Chi to feel better about my Asian American identity. But that don't got nothing to do with people in Chinatown in New York City. Right? Or people in Sunnyside in New York. Like these people could give a damn about a Marvel movie and representation in the goddamn MCU. Like that's absurd. Like that that doesn't affect their lives and what they think will make their lives better. But when it's all you interact with are people who are basically like yourself all day, every day. Um, you know, it's no different than. Being a Muslim or Christian, and that being your only existence, right? Like you living, um you being around those people all your life, and you guys share the same beliefs, and your references are all with them. And so I, I, like I said, like I'm I, I find a lot of these people to be loathsome. But I don't, you know, I understand where they get this delusion from. Like, it's it is a really simple thing to say. We're gonna solve all of the freaking issues that Asians Asian Americans face with a damn movie. It's convenient. It seems doable. It makes you feel good in the moment that it's happening. Who doesn't want that? And want to see that and think, man, great, we found the solution. You know. It's a it's a terrible Disney movie. Bravo <laughs> to us.
0: Yeah. So first of all, uh, to be fair, it's not a terrible Disney movie. Uh, <laughs> to, secondly, uh, I, even to be fair to those folks who I uh, I'm way more on your side, obviously was, but um, they don't necessarily think it's the only solution, right? Uh, but but oftentimes you're right that.
1: That's
0: the only one. They one. Got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're like, no, no, no. You don't. You to your earlier point, you don't need to give fifteen dollars minimum wage. You don't have to pass that because we we put a Latino on the board of Raytheon. No. Done. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> done and done. Yeah. Done and done.
0: Yeah. You. I got news for you. You didn't do anything except help one of your friends get richer. Uh, so, and, but yet, by the way, what? was and I are talking about is sacrilege in D.C. is sacrilege for mainstream media. If you know, because for there's in D.C. representation at the highest levels, right? They're not talking about representation of middle class, etc. In and in jobs that pay twenty bucks instead of eleven bucks, they're only talking about a representation for the people they know, right? That are in the elites. Mm-hmm. They think that is huge, and if they like, I. Was if you and I have this conversation and then one of us runs for office. It's almost guaranteed that the New York Times would smear us. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They would say, hey, was Lambre has a long history of questioning whether Asian representation makes sense, right? Whether we should have Asian representation in in media.
1: By the way, they'd get an Asian person to write that up. Yeah, <laughs> okay, right. and and, that, and that's the beauty of representation politics, right? It's like MSNBC could sick Joyanne Reed on Bernie Sanders's campaign and say he's not as black as Hillary, <laughs> and <laughs> say it with a straight face, you know, and like get to believe it. Yeah, you know, and that's it the, that win. is the that is the beauty and the disgusting nature of this representation stuff like they will literally sick their racial ventriloquists on any progressive agenda and say wait a second none of this stuff healthcare is not as important as the first black female president are you kidding me no by the way was
0: you can't run for office anymore like if you <laughs> like if you say that your healthcare policy is more important than having a black female president. <laughs> they will smear you into oblivion, into oblivion, like quite literally.
1: What if like, I say, what if I say yes, queen afterwards, do, do you think I'll- Yeah, better, better. Get yeah. It <laughs> okay. right.
0: um, look, I had a person that got back to me through another friend uh, that questioned if I was brown enough. I mean, that these are. I mean, what? But what an Alice in Wonderland world, right? Where how do you prove whether you're brown enough? (laughs) Like, how's it? Like, I don't even know the metrics by which we would measure it, (laughs) or or the trial we would have for me, and which side I'm supposed to be on. Right? Because certainly a lot of people think I'm not white enough, that's for sure, right? So, and yet, the incredibly smart, really well educated people that read the New York Times, never question any of that. They think that all of that makes perfect sense and they just move on along, right? Everything is great. Why? It was, of course was, is right, which is that it's it's their context and from their perspective things are great. I always come back to the example of that lady uh, who told our reporter in 2016 uh he asked her why are you supporting Hillary Clinton she said, well because I don't want a revolution. I kind of like how things are and so <laughs> so I'm gonna vote for Hillary. I was like that is the most honest correct answer of all time so thank you at least for being honest uh but but Uh, it is what it is. Okay, so but now last thing on perspective because we're almost out of time, of course, as usual. Um, So, do we even like, that is a weird way of putting it and I don't know if I'm saying it right. But should we even care about other people's perspectives? And this is what I mean. You should of course in the real world care, right? It makes you a better person, it makes you more empathetic to people and it makes you more likely to be correct as we discussed throughout today's show, right? But so let's say someone has been a devout uh, Catholic their whole lives. They're, but, and they're totally wrong, they're wrong about everything. They think that the QAnon thing is real. They think Jesus walked down water, uh, blah, blah, blah. Just name a thing and they're wrong, okay? Uh, but they're perfectly happy. And they live their whole lives being happy. And they're surrounded by people who also believe in QAnon and cheese pizza, meaning child molestation and they never order it and they only eat broccoli and they love it and they never eat pizza because it's obviously connected to Tom Hanks and Fauci and whatever, but they're happy. Mission accomplished, is there anything wrong with that?
1: Um, I I think the perspective question comes down to, uh, Coalition building. If you are trying to persuade people to be on your side, I think you do have to take the time to understand what their perspective is and where they're coming from. I think a lot of times, especially on the left, it's this purity crap. It's this, you know, um, this sort of uh, pure, this like how hardcore. Pissing contest. how hardcore left are you and if you're not, I can discard of view. I don't care, you don't get to be in my pristine little club and that's fine. Those people get to feel good about themselves, but that doesn't get anything done for anybody, right? And I think, yeah, we should be learning people's perspectives because we want to try to make common cause with them and we want to build coalitions.
0: Yeah, no, no, in the real world, that's obviously true, yeah. Uh, my question is a little bit more esoteric, but uh we're almost out of time. So we're gonna talk about cars in the next episode. Uh we're gonna talk about um Oh, I had a good one. Oh, Latinx. I want to talk about that with you last time, was so I want to bring that back.
1: <laughs> yes, let's please uh, talk about that.
0: Yeah, but I want real quick shout-outs to Eva de Kudo, who is a member on YouTube. Dan Ralph, who's a member, and instead just bragging about my loyalty, TYT strong. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Evo. You guys are awesome. You guys can do likewise because we've got a whole nother episode coming up. Um, and you can get all of our shows if you're a member, including that one. That's just for members. Uh, TYT.com slash join wherever you're watching. If you're on YouTube, it's so easy. Just hit the join button below and and we'll see you there in a minute. Uh and uh and maybe I'll read more of these comments from the members, but I'll just read one for now. Mary animal says go off Waz." so. <laughs> go <laughs> off sis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tyt.com slash join or hit the join button below if you're on YouTube. We'll see you there in a minute. All right, back on old school. Cenk Uygur, Wozni library, Dave Kohler. Uh, Waz is also with the Ringer, uh, so make sure you're checking that out. Um, so oh, you're frozen a little bit, Waz. Oh, there you are. Okay. Uh, so um, Dave apparently has someone he knows that it was in the L.A. Times. That sounds like it's going to be a good story. We're going to get to that in a second, but I do want to get the car thing out of the way. I teased it, and I'm um, curious what you guys take is. So. I don't know what a carburetor is and I'm not even positive. There is such a thing as a carburetor uh, or if I accidentally made that up and like put two words together, Um, do you guys know what a carburetor is? Nope, damn, that is a
2: good test question. I, I think it's an anti pollution. No, that's catalytic converter. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna ask that next. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're one step ahead of me, okay. Because this is, yeah, go ahead. No, this is embarrassing, Like there are, I believe in basic knowledge. You should know who the first president was and how many states there are. I think you, knowing what a carburetor is would be included and uh, I'm failing. Okay,
0: so th- that's part of why I brought it up. Uh, to. Embarrass you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, maybe this goes towards perspective too. I'm not a car guy, uh, and if you told a car guy what's a carburetor you told a car guy you don't know what a carburetor is, they'd be like, oh, oh! <laughs> like they'd be <laughs> devastated with your ignorance. They couldn't, they'd be shocked at how ignorant you are. Uh, and I realized because my neighbor came up to me and said. Oh, Chang, you got to be careful. A guy had his carburetor stolen. Our neighbor down the street, right? And I thought to myself, huh, I don't know what a carburetor is, and I've never known my whole life. And you know what? I'm not going to look it up on purpose, okay? Because I want to talk about it on old school and see if I'm the crazy one. Um, and then, then catalytic converter jumped to jumped to my mind, and I'm like, huh, I wonder what a catalytic converter is.
2: But I want to know what all all the old schoolers answer. Ben, Mark Thompson, David Schuster, whoever else you have. I I want you to put them on the spot whenever they come on.
0: Well, we were making fun of the elites in the last segment. This is what we get for it. I mean, you want to talk about a feed elite. Uh, You don't even know what a carburetor is. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's
1: it's not good. (laughs) What were you saying was? No, I was about to say I know what brake pads are. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) By the way, you know, I laugh at that because everybody knows what brakes are, right? But I'm like, brake pads. Wait, am I sure I know what a brake pad is? (laughs) (laughs) So there
1: there you go. (laughs) Transmission. um, I think that has to do with how the gears change. I think. Yeah, Um, that's right. Which, which is commonly called tranny, which is you know, kind of <laughs> stupid and funny. Um, I wouldn't call it that. That's <laughs> well, not these days. Yeah, but that—that's um—that's about as far as it goes for me. Okay. Um.
0: Again, different worlds. I didn't mean for it to come back to the same conversation, but like. My nephew, younger nephew, nephew, nephew Murad, he loves cars, right? And he's always like he rebuilt his car and stuff. And uh, and so when we talk though, like that's the issue, right? He doesn't care much about politics and I couldn't tell a Ford F-150 from an F-450 if that even exists. I don't even know if it exists, if my life depended on it. Okay, so let's- picked- you can just read the label on the back of the truck. I guess. <laughs> but um, okay, do you guys know the difference between the the 150s and the 250s and the
2: 850s? No, no, that's not the same. That of course not. No, they no. No, but a carburetor is <laughs> people should know. Basic mechanics. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Should people know? <laughs> I think they should. <laughs> I think all they three sh- of us should be
2: a little embarrassed then.
0: Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that we don't know it. I agree with you. It's a, it's definitely a little embarrassing. We definitely should know it because it's supposed to be basic knowledge, but I like that I don't know it. Um, on the other hand, sometimes you get burned on that cuz I didn't know what a charcuterie board was and I'd always hated it on the oh, name. Oh, come phone. on. And
1: come then
0: on. and then at the age of like 45 or whenever it was that I figured out what a charcuterie was, I was like, "Oh, I've not been ordering it this whole time on name alone. It
1: turns out it's cold cuts. It's delicious cold cuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, if, if, like, there's a lot of situations where uh, I'm perfectly immodest and think, oh, I'm your guy for that job, right? Uh, I wouldn't take anybody over me uh, in certain jobs, right? But if uh, you said, all right, Somebody's got to be the last man on Earth. Oh no, it shouldn't be me. No way, because I couldn't rebuild a goddamn thing. Like I would want, I would want it to be an engineer for sure. Okay, it's got to be an engineer. Otherwise, we're never going to rebuild anything. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I have an engineering friend, but Dave and I do. Um, and he feel like he feels like he got lied to. He's like, when we were growing up, and you know, uh, I'm 52, he's 52. We grew up at uh, same school. Uh, in high school, and uh, and he was like, we were told like engineers, like you want a good, stable profession, very respected, you make good money, you become an engineer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's like, okay, now this is the members only one. So he was like, well, I became an engineer, and then I was like, what the fuck? The bankers make so much more money. He's like, how <laughs> come nobody ever told me that? Right? He's like, he's like, yeah, this is really useful, right? But so what? Okay. <laughs> hey, yes, somebody's got to build a bridge, but it doesn't have to be me. I could be out there making more money doing something else. <laughs> and then that goes to perspectives too, man. We were all taught something, and 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 what we don't know uh, for a long, long time is what you got taught ain't necessarily true at all, <laughs> right? So, but it's and not just that. that.
2: The, the little clicks go back to high school. Uh, there was a little group of guys, you know some of them, I, I didn't actually. But they were back in high school, they had the seed of banker in them. And they were probably on friendly terms with the engineer from, but they didn't tell him, hey, we're interested in this. They didn't talk about it with him. They kept that little secret, of, Oh, we're gonna go to college and then go into banking to themselves. Yeah, so
0: I I think it's more the parents that don't know it and don't share it. I don't 100%. know that it's, a, that it's like they're, Keeping it. it. First of all, of course, it depends. It depends on the person. So we had a, Dave and I went to the same high school, but different years. So we had different groups or friends in that sense. And, uh, and so we had a guy in our class named Scott. I won't give you his last name. He's uh, managing uh, director at Goldman now. Okay. And Scott was a good example of a lot of things we're talking about. Uh, he, but he was the opposite of what you say, Dave. Scott would always come and go, I'm going to be a banker. Uh, I want to make money. I'm going to make a lot of money. Okay, and Scott like we had our public high school was just near miraculous. We had stunningly smart kids at our school. And so you had a top 50 that was like, holy shit these are 50 badass motherfuckers, okay. And now to be fair, our class size was like 700, okay. And um, and so like I finished like 36 or something um, and uh, and Scott, I don't even know if he made the top 50. He was an honors class and stuff, but he struggled, right? But he's like, no, you guys are all idiots. Uh, it doesn't matter how well you do in school, you just gotta get into the banks. He's like, I'm gonna work for Goldman. He used to always say, I'm gonna work for Goldman. He knew, cuz I mean, it might have been that one of his relatives knew, et cetera, right? And they told him or he saw like an uncle do it, etc. And he went and he got into Goldman and he probably made more money than Anyone else in our class?
1: Yeah, you know when you talked about engineering, uh, Chank, I'm reminded of like the five professions that my immigrant uh, parents and elders thought were respectable professions in America. That's funny because I only
0: have four. I'm curious what your fifth one is.
1: So it's it's definitely doctor, lawyer, yes. Yes. engineer, yes, nurse, accountant. <laughs> those are the. What? Those are the five professions. <laughs> so I love that the Haitians have nurse and accountant in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accountant, they think because accountants deal with money that they're making money. Um, and then <laughs> nurses, like you know, those were the like the people in your neighborhood who like were like working class people who made the most money. You know, um, nurses. So it was like there was this sense that like, no, this this is like real money in nursing. Um, but yeah, doctor, lawyer, engineer, those that's the big three. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so for Turks, so I see what you're
0: saying about nursing accounting. That makes sense. And by the way, my mother-in-law, my wife's mom, uh, was a nurse and carried four kids, like by herself, single mother, etc. Um, So there's there's some truth to that. An accountant's a super stable job, and God bless and all that. But they're not in the top four. Uh, For if you told a a Turk that you're a nurse, they'd be like, oh well, you know, better luck next time. But okay, God (laughs) bless, right? Um, So I'm just saying, like, wrong-headed immigrant. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. right? Yeah. So um, it's it's. I think every culture, lawyer, doctor. Engineers, inarguable. Some might argue on lawyers, right? Uh, this is a super random fact. In the Middle East, the Turks are respected for a couple reasons. One was we kind of ruled the place for a long time. Uh, so, but but the main reason these days is because they think Turks have great engineers. So I've been, I've t- at least talked to other Middle Easterners who are like, oh, you're Turkish. Oh, you do. You guys have the best engineers. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which, by the way, is somewhat true because um, Turkey emphasizes engineering. So, if you score at the very top of your class in order in to get to college, they actually in Turkey they assign you professions based on how well you do in the test. And so, like for example, I think the lowest, and this is so wrong. The lowest was (laughs) (laughs) sociologist. I
2: love sociology.
0: sociology, But they're like, oh, this guy's hopeless. Speaking of a sociologist. Okay. (laughs) But the very top is engineer, mechanical engineer. So the smartest people, quite literally, the ones who did the best on the test or the ones that worked the hardest, all become engineers. So that's why Turks have a culture of engineering, in the Middle East at least. And, um, and so, and Turks built all the mosques in all the different areas, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but the fourth one in Turkey is businessman. Mm.
1: Um,
0: okay? Um, and uh, and so but what's interesting is that in Chinese culture for a long, long time, it's finally beginning to change now, or probably is at least fifty percent changed by now, maybe more. But for a long time, businessman was frowned upon. Uh, it was people. they was considered kind of low morals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Will do anything for money, that kind of thing. Number one job in Chinese culture was government. If you yeah. work for the government, okay, serving the people. Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons for that. And it's not you would think like, oh, I get it. That's easy, Jenk. It's you know, uh, for a long time China was communist. It's still nominally communist, very nominally. Uh, and so working in the government meant that that's power. That's where and and you have central planning. That's where you plan the, uh, the economy. Government makes it. But that's actually a minor reason why. The major reason why was for potentially thousands of years, but certainly for hundreds of years, um, poor Chinese families uh, could get their kids into the government. I think if they pass a the test. And so that is it's been an. I said. Very old tradition in China, and so getting your kids into the government was like the greatest thing in the world. It rescued the family, it certainly rescued your kids, right? And and so uh, when I um, so Wendy was a social worker uh, when we first met and got married, and her parents were like, oh, wonderful, wonderful, <laughs> nailed it. I can't get any higher than that, okay? And <laughs> And she has a cousin who got married to a guy in finance, very high finance. He's one of the wealthiest people I know. Okay. They cannot convince their family that it's a good job. They're like, uh, a couple of hundred million dollars. Okay. But it's not a government job. <laughs> you know, things go up, things go down. Government stable. Stable. Okay, so okay, you tell me he has a lot, but okay, <laughs> so culture's an amazing thing, right? Um, but businessman now is kind of dominating, uh not just like Turkey it overcame engineers, it overcame everybody in China, it's not gonna last. The businessmen are gonna win because money's money, okay, And eventually people will figure out what money means, and money means power, money means things, money means everything, right? So that's going to bulldoze all of our cultures, and it, it certainly has in America. Um, so, uh, but uh, but we were told uh, growing up uh, that engineer was right, right? <laughs> At least I was, and and my friend Greg was. Um, Dave, what what did your parents instill on you? Did they tell you? do whatever you want, do whatever you loved. Was there any pressure on a different kind of profession? They were physicists, did they, is there any kind of pressure on being a, in science, subtle or otherwise?
2: Go so subtle, there was no overt pressure, it was do whatever you want. But there, I grew up in an environment where, okay, do whatever you want, but what else is there to do other than be a scientist? So that's what you should do. <laughs> but yeah, you can do whatever you want.
1: Do whatever science you want. (laughs) (laughs) Which,
0: by
2: the way, is true. And that's why Dave became a geologist, (laughs) I I would argue. (laughs) Well, I, I, Waz mentioned nurses. I want to do a quick shout out. I had a relative in the hospital recently. She's fine now. So that's, it's fine. But I was there a lot. The nurses, oh my God, they talk about American here. They really are. I couldn't believe how hard they work, how important they are, how much the patients need them. Uh, and, And they got a lot of, you know, good, you know, support uh, in the media during COVID, but man, they they deserve every bit of it. Wow, what an unbelievable heroic job that is, and so important. It's true. It's
0: totally true. I mean, ironically, I don't know. if This kind of maybe ironically proves it. But my mother-in-law was like, "Thank God I got out before then." Oh yeah. <laughs> right and you know some people hate being retired my dad thinks it was like the biggest mistake of his life and <laughs> and I've asked my mother-in-law a couple of times i'm like you know are you are you bored at all you know you've been retired for a little while now do you like it hate it' somewhere in between she's like what kind of mental question is that he's <laughs> like it's like the greatest thing in the world it's like she's like obviously
2: yeah
0: um so was i mean you mentioned the the big five but was there pressure from your parents on and going a certain direction or no?
1: I don't think it was pressure. I think there was like just disappointment that I wasn't pursuing, you know, law school or something like that. Um, the And I think mostly it's because when I was younger, um, I was in a lot of like gifted classes, blah blah, blah. And so they had convinced my mom that I was like some kind of smart, gifted kid. And so to her, she's like, well, if all these teachers are saying you're gifted, which means you're good at school, then you should be going to school to do one of these big jobs, i e doctor, lawyer, engineer. You know, that was sort of the the um the thinking. And you know, I just explained to my mom, I was just like, even if I'm good at school, like I just I don't have it to go to no damn med school, you know, um, take a freaking bar, LSAT, three years of school, this, like I don't have it in me to do any of that, um, so it was over for that. But yeah, I think I don't know if it was pressure so much as it was like I'm wasting my potential, I'm wasting yeah. my life, Jake. Oh, don't I know, brother?
0: I, mean, I, got, I got great examples. I mean, first of all, I feel bad for your parents. You could have been an accountant. <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. So, uh, I mean, mine is a more stark example, uh, but it, it starts completely differently and then becomes exactly the same. Um, so, it, it, when I was in school, uh, I, I tested into the gifted programs too, right? and 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 the teachers and the administrators would tell my parents you know your son is gifted just like you said right and um my parents didn't believe him at all <laughs> <laughs> they, who no, this what?
1: idiot no shot
0: <laughs> yeah but honestly no one i knew believed it and i'm curious what dave's perspective is because we grew up together but like people would always tell me like no you're like a you know you're I guess you're a little above average because your grades are good, right? You're above average, but gifted. Fuck no, like, <laughs> like they're like, don't get a big head, don't get a big head. No, no, right? So I always thought, hey, I guess I'm a little above average, right? Um, so I'm gonna get to the twist in a second, but Dave, um, did you have an impression? Well,
2: recalling from our very young childhood days, I, I. Was under the impression that you were a smart kid who did well in school. I never saw your report cards, but somehow I got that impression. so uh, and, and I'm not so type. I wasn't then, and not even that now, who divides the world into idiots and smart people. so I, right. the term gifted, I, I wouldn't have even thought of whether you were gifted, and I wouldn't have crossed my mm-hmm. mind, but I thought you did well in school, yeah, okay, I'll take it. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so I never thought I was uh, you know, Gifted in that sense, right? Because everyone around me always told me I wasn't, um, and so, and I even remember Mr. Herbert, who ran the talented and gifted program in my elementary school, giving me kind of like a halfway big speech about that as I was graduating sixth grade, right? And he's like, "You're moving on to junior high school, and I want to tell you, you know, you're special and you got this gift and stuff." And I remember thinking, "What the fuck's he talking about?" Oh, <laughs> like, I, I, I thought he was just being nice, right? Uh, and so anyway, so but but I did get good grades and I did get into good schools. Uh, and I mean, look to, to to the point about perspective and reality and stuff. So I feel terrible saying this because it feels like bragging and people hate, hate, hate bragging, but just bear with me for a second. So I, I went to Penn and I and I went uh, and I really want to get into transfer into award. And so I was trying really hard, right? And and I uh, had a week to study for the econ test. So it was a kind of an extraordinary situation, but I studied really hard, and I and as fate would have it, I wound up getting the top score at Penn. And everyone has to take it freshman year, so that's two thousand kids at Penn and Wharton, and and I got the top score in the final. Okay, I I told if I, if my son or my daughter came home and told me that I'd be like, holy shit, holy shit, she could be an accountant. Okay. <laughs> So, but I, I told my parents, I told my family, I told my friends, every one of them was like, yeah, that's no big deal. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, I guess it's no big deal, right? i <laughs> just continue to believe that I'm a knucklehead. I believed it, right? So, anyways, but since I went to those good schools and I went to business school undergrad, I went to law school um, uh, afterwards, and and so the Turkish community apparently had this inflated view of me. Which I never was exposed to. I found out later through other Turkish friends, they're like, Oh yeah, when we're growing up, they would say, Oh, why don't you get good grades like Jenk? I was like, Really? Right? Like, I didn't know that at all. Right. And so, but then when I uh, said I'm going to become a talk show host, oh, the reaction was, Oh, my dad's name is Dogen uh, you know, Dogan is what they say in and In America, and my mom's new kid. They're like, oh, poor Dogen and new kids. Oh, he was a good boy. What happened? What happened? The shame. The shame. Such a shame. Because if he, like, if you weren't, didn't have that much potential in the first one, not that big a deal. Okay. But they figured, like, this guy could have been an engineer. He could have been, I mean, he got the businessman thing, he got the lawyer thing, and then radio talk show hosts,
1: what an idiot, totally, (laughs) what an idiot, what a like, the the deepest shit. You blew it, you blew it.
0: (laughs) Exactly, so then that added on to my already thinking I was a knucklehead, then everybody around me was like, "Oh my God, you gotta be the dumbest guy alive. So, anyways, uh, that was my growing up. I have a thousand more things to say about that, but so, but it's funny that the the reaction was that your family had and my family had. So at the end, it winds up being the same. Like you could have been someone. You could have been a nurse.
1: You could have been anything, kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, you're running <laughs> your you yap. Run. You run yeah. your yap for a living. There's no <laughs> nobility in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave,
0: we gotta do the LA Times story, I don't wanna run out. So uh, tell, tell me about what happened with LA, but if, before I do that, Nathan, thanks for uh, being a member on YouTube and, he, and Nathan said we're not the first global civilization and we won't be the last So you got that right, brother. Uh, so we, as usual, we have a super smart audience. Uh, Resto Dragon said "Drink an iced coffee, ready to relax with Waz and Dave and Jank X. It's a reference to something we talked about in the show today. And uh, iced coffee, you know, too strong coffee.com slash TYT is the way to go. Um, and uh, and Resto Dragon also said, Talk to Dr. Brian Green, the theoretical physicist and string theorist. is a taxonomy of nine different multiverses. You know what? Asher, can you take a note on that and send that to Gina? Yeah, let's talk to Dr. Brian Green. Why not? And Windchild13 said, I'm an old fool from the old school, which I love. All right. Uh, Dave, uh, an acquaintance made the LA Times, good news or bad news? Yeah, so is
2: that gonna be good or bad? We'll find out. So when I moved to LA in 2002, I I joined this tennis league and I played with this guy named Randall Emmett. He uh, was a Hollywood producer type. He had a luxury apartment in West Hollywood that had its own tennis court. So I played there uh, a couple times. And he was, a yeah, he had a fancy car and I didn't get close to him. He was always on the go and on his phone and uh he didn't seem that approachable. Anyway, I haven't thought about him in over 15 years. And he shows up in the LA Times today. Oh, Yeah, is that a good thing or bad? It's a very bad thing when you show up in the LA Times after 15 years. So apparently, so he was a pretty successful Hollywood producer on the periphery. He wasn't the big Jerry Bruckenheimer type, but he, he, he made a bunch of movies. A lot of them went straight to DVD, but they made some money. He worked with fading actors like he worked with Bruce Willis toward the after Bruce Willis was done with his career and in fact was getting ill. And he worked with a few other even Arnold Schwarzenegger in the mm. twilight of his career. But apparently the whole empire is collapsing. He's under massive debt, lawsuits, massive accusations left and right of sexual harassment, Harvey Weinstein type shit. Uh, everything is collapsing upon and the LA Times for whatever reason did an Exhaustive study of this guy, the article was so long I couldn't even read all of it. I don't know what they're doing, spending so many resources doing an expose on this guy. But h- apparently yes, it's all coming crashing down in this big, big Hollywood producer type. Like the first one that I actually met when I moved to LA is now crashing in debt accusations. All the women are coming out against him the story the done is full of these stories he he went to Puerto Rico and he got one of his assistants to book him a cheap hotel with this woman I guess you can tell what kind of woman that is and then he told the assistant go back to my real hotel room and pull eighteen hundred dollars out of my safe so I can pay her and the assistant went and grabbed the money and and Randall Emmett paid the The woman. It turns out the assistant made a mistake and grabbed two thousand dollars instead of eighteen hundred. And when Randall Emmett learned that he overpaid this woman by two hundred dollars, he fired his assistant. Now that's not criminal, but it's a funny sleazy story.
1: My God. But that's worse than
0: criminal. Yeah, right. Like I I don't. I don't. So of that story, let me list in order uh, the things that are the worst to the to the least offensive. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the most offensive is firing the assistant over the $200. The second most offensive is going to a seedy motel and then paying someone $1,800. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, at least go to the nice hotel. And I he already had room a room in the nice hotel. Or, or pay 180 bucks and go to the shitty hotel. But right. make up your mind, brother. Okay, and, and uh, third is, oh he frequented a prostitute. That's his business. That's not my business, right? So uh, but oh no, that's fourth. Third is telling your assistant, can you go get money for my hooker?
1: That's craziness. (laughs) It's just turn your assistant into a bag man for your that that's that that is just mm, 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 mm. so but you
0: know what that also gets the perspective, right? Because he thought. That's perfectly normal.
2: I think that probably is largely normal or was in Hollywood.
1: By the way, and this is the type of shit where right wingers be like, um, you know, liberal elite culture is so disgusting and depraved. Look at these people. They're always making these accusations, but look at who the people that are being found to be creepoids, it's Harvey Weinstein, it's Louis C.K it's you know your hollywood buddy um these libs they're just so just just disgusting Cenk. like my god they that's this is the type of thing that they point at and say that's their culture that's how they live
0: well a part of it is not wrong the
1: part
0: that's correct is well power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely right so if you were a high flying Hollywood producer, and apparently not even like a mid level Hollywood producer, mm-hmm. you can do anything you want and get away with it in LA. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're not wrong about that. Um, so apparently Randall Emmett was into women at Hope motels. But some of them were not into women, some of them were into other things, right? Or men, right? Uh, some of them were into kids. And so that like, so is it true of a of a percentage? Yes. And whichever percentage was inclined in that direction, if they were incredibly success, uh, successful and wealthy, whether it's Hollywood, Washington, or by the way, bankers in New York, are you kidding me? There isn't anything they couldn't have gotten away with. And so, QAnon, in a sense, is misdiagnosing the problem. It isn't just about child molestation. It's that. They had infinite power and could do whatever they wanted. And some percentage of them chose to do that. The issue, they, well, in their case, whoever was inclined in that direction, that's definitely an issue, right? But also, the limitless power is the underlying issue that affects all of that. I mean, but it, it's Dave's story is great because it gets to also LA. Like you drive around LA. So if you first come to LA, you're gonna be underwhelmed. You're gonna be like, this is the legendary LA, this is the legendary Hollywood. Like it's kind of dirty, it's not that big a deal. It's just where's the nice parts, right? You gotta kind of like you gotta try to find the nice parts, right? Because most people go to Hollywood, and Hollywood's one of the crappiest parts, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, the walk of fame with the stars. Oh, this place is a fucking dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so you get let down. Then people tell you, "Oh, okay." Now you go to Beverly Hills and you go to Brentwood and you drive around. And you're like, "Oh shit, okay, this is it." Giant houses, gorgeous, you know, hidden away in the trees, beautiful streets and stuff. Okay, so there are gorgeous parts of LA. But what you don't know is the second, like Hancock Park, Cheviot Hills, that aren't famous Beverly Hills. Although Hancock Park used to be the original Beverly Hills, but like, but those places. The houses are also crazy, unaffordable. And then if you live here, you are like, wait, who lives in all those houses? Because then you realize, wait a minute, LA has like thousands and thousands of thousands of houses worth over $5 million. You're like, how could there be that many rich people? And not just like a little rich, but like really, really rich, right? And it turns out it's all mid-level directors and producers. Like Chevy and Hills and Hancock Park. You can't swing a bat without hitting a guy who once directed Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm telling you, you go knock on 10 doors in Hancock Park. You will find someone who maybe quite literally directed Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay, so man, Hollywood got tons of people super rich. Yeah. Until really rich. And, the, and humans being what they are, of course, they all think they earned it,
2: <laughs> Yeah.
0: right? They don't realize, no, you schmuck, you happen to be at the right place at the right time. And by the way, which now is Silicon Valley. I mean, everybody in Silicon Valley got rich, almost everybody did. And they didn't get a little rich. And they made the Beverly Hills guys look like chump change, okay? And And they all think they're geniuses. They're like, oh, that's you kidding me? That guy did uh, poop.com, dot That guy's a genius. Made four hundred million dollars doing poop.com, dot com, right? <laughs> Dude, do and any you could have grabbed any four letters put together, and if you did it at the right time, you're gonna make at least a hundred million dollars, right? So, like those in TV, people like the reason why it's taking TV so long to hit the iceberg and finally capsize, is because they had a limitless supply of money. Uh, I don't know how much, I think Dave knows this because of, I probably told him before, but was, I don't know if you know the whole pilot process that used to exist. There's still like a semblance of it now, but they would make 10 shows um, uh, in pilots. And they would all cost like 5 million, 10 million. I don't know however many millions, right? And they'd only pick one out of the 10 pilots. Already, that's insane, right? Yeah, that's a a sick model. (laughs) Right. And then they would take that one pilot and then they spent like 20, 50, 100 million on creating six to 13 episodes. And of those, only like one or two out of 10 of those would survive. I mean, look at all this money that you just threw in the trash before you even got to a smaller midsize hit. Right, but like the Seinfelds of the world, like the mega hits, made billions and billions. So anyone who touched it has like, oh yeah, I was the fourth senior producer in you know seasons five through seven. Oh, I've got twenty-eight million dollars, right? Like there's just no end to the money. And so when they have, when you have that much money, what are they gonna do? They're gonna get their assistant to get them eighteen hundred dollars from the nice hotel to the bad hotel, and they're gonna find wacky shit to do, and they're gonna think they were geniuses. Oh, you know, I directed Arnold late in his career, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, and we were talking about elitist and not in the beginning. Joining a tennis club and playing tennis with a guy named Randall
2: Emmett.
1: <laughs>
2: it wasn't a tennis club, it was a tennis league. We usually played at public parks. He was the only uh, guy who had a private court.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, okay. I'm going to guess, unless you already told me and it got embedded in my head, I'm going to guess that he drove a Porsche. Am I if it's not a Porsche, it was a Mercedes back then? I think it was well, a Mercedes. Boom, got it. One out of two, not bad. Okay. Uh, my second guess, not bad. All right, so Dave, any other? Do
2: you remember being about uh, him being a prick or no? No, uh, he wasn't a prick to me, but yeah, I could tell that he was a probably a prick in the rest of his life. Uh, but you know, all the on the tennis court, people behave and they respect their opponent and all. But yeah, th- this guy was full of himself.
1: What kind of player was he?
2: Not that great. Good enough. <laughs> I, not embarrassingly bad, I beat him. He was not in the greatest shape, but but he was a fine player, I mean, good enough.
0: Okay, I like that, uh, that Dave beat him, that makes me feel a little bit better.
2: And yeah. it's a silly
0: thing to hang your hat on, but take that fucking Randall Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but he's taking plenty right now. So he's I'm taking like a
2: that. lot, like his whole life is collapsing. And it's, we're talking about the sleazy stuff he did with women. And that, that's probably the worst on a human level. But what's gotten him in big trouble is the massive debt and everyone coming after him for money.
0: Yeah, no, I have to confess that I like comeuppance. Comeuppance <laughs> is, a, is, it's is definitely one of my favorite things. So, was out of curiosity, uh, do you play tennis? Are you any good or no?
1: Never, never played tennis. Pretty much the only sports we played when I was younger were basketball and football, because you know you could throw a football around, go to the park, um, and the same with basketball. Like you didn't really need any equipment, not to play like you know two-hand touch in your neighborhood or whatever, right? Like yep. there was a very low barrier. To entry for that. Um, uh, so no, I never played anything else. I didn't play soccer. I wish I would have played soccer though. I didn't play soccer, baseball, any of that. It was just basketball and football.
0: Um, so that that's one of the main reasons why soccer is so popular in the world, because it's so easy to play. It's the easiest by far because you don't even like with basketball, you at least need a net. You know, you need, yeah, a, a, you need a
1: hoop. Yeah, 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 for and, sure.
0: Yeah, but in in Turkey when I was growing up, you you didn't need no goals. You just take two rocks, you put one over here, and then you put the other yep. one over there, and then you kick it through the rocks, right? And so I remember when I came to America, one of the most uh, the one of the things I was most amazed by was all the the soccer goals, the 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 posts. I'm like, yeah, they were beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, no, look at this thing, man. I'm like, that's like a professional fucking goal. I'm like, that's that's in my elementary school. Holy shit, right? I'm like, is this the richest elementary school? I remember, I swear to God, when I first came, I was like, this is amazing. And we had, in our elementary school, we had two baseball fields and a soccer field with two goals that they just left there. Nobody (laughs) would even take them home. Just leave them there the whole time. (laughs) They're still there to this day. (laughs) That's right. So, soccer is the easiest. But okay. Uh, last thing uh, super random. oh, we didn't get to that next next time was. Um, but uh, but was baseball dead or not dead?
1: It's not dead. It's just hyper regional now. Um, most fans of the game just care about their team and their team only. Um, it's not like the NFL where I'll throw on you know the chiefs versus the Packers. Even though I don't root for either team. I just want to watch that game. Baseball is now, if you're a Cardinals fan, you watch nothing but Cardinals baseball and nothing else. Um, But it's still really popular in those cities where the game is at. But it's no longer this national thing that it used to be.
0: Okay, that's an excellent analysis. I instantly believe every word of it. uh, Because (laughs) when I was growing up, I was a huge Yankees fan. Once I stopped being a Yankees fan, I stopped watching baseball. Didn't care at all. Like uh, Cardinals or Blue Jays win the World Series, why would I give a shit, right? Whereas you put the Chiefs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl, of course I'm gonna watch it. What am I gonna do? Not watch? You're insane, (laughs) right? Chiefs Bills, what are you gonna miss that? What kind of lunatic would miss that in the playoff? Uh, So, anyways, okay, we're way out of time. Uh, Everybody check out Waz at the Ringer. Uh, He knows what he's talking about. He just proved it. Perfect analysis of baseball right there, okay? And everybody pick up the LA Times for that Randall Emmett story. (laughs) Give yourself a lot of time though. Yeah, check in on Dave's elitist friends and how they've gotten their comeuppance. Uh, Okay, no, all right, much love guys, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.